Strange Tales. RelicRadio.com presents tales of the strange and bizarre, the weird and the wicked. Stories not necessarily of the supernatural, but of the unnatural. Join us now for Strange Tales, featuring radio drama at its most mysterious and unusual. show thanks for joining me once again we'll hear this week from the strange dr weird two episodes from the good doctor we'll begin with he woke up dead from march 27th 1945 after that it's the man who played dead from may 1st 1945 the series aired over mutual stations from november of 1944 to july of 1945 around 30 episodes were produced here he is the strange dr weird Dr. Weird. Good evening. Come in, won't you? Why, what's the matter? You seem a bit nervous, uh, pale and distraught. Perhaps a story would help calm your nerves. Yes, a delightful little story about a dead man who acts just as if he were alive. I know you like it. I call it, He Woke Up Dead. My story, He Woke Up Dead, begins with two men pacing back and forth at the top of a high cliff overlooking the Pacific. They are John Raymond and his brother Gregory, a gaunt man in whose eyes gleams a fanatical fire. Gregory, the answer is no. You're asking for $100,000 from the Raymond Foundation to spend on fake yogis and swamis trying to get in touch with the dead. Well, you're not getting it. But, John, all my life I've been studying death and what is in the life beyond... And now, with just a little money, I know I can penetrate its mysteries. The Raymond Foundation would be the laughing stock of the world if it went in for such a crackpot idea. So, you think I'm a crackpot? Well, when you die, John, according to Father's will, I'll be head of the Raymond Foundation. Then you'll see, I'll turn the whole foundation into a great research laboratory to study death. That will never be. I intend to have the courts change the will. So you'll never be head of the foundation, Gregory. No. No, you can't. You're blocking a tremendously important piece of work. But I won't let you. So, just what can you do about it? This, John. I can do this. No, no, break go down. Uncle Gregory, you say father had a dizzy spell and fell from the cliff before you could catch him? Yes, Jack. 
It happened so fast. I, I could do nothing. But Father never got dizzy. His health was perfect. The groundkeeper says he saw you push Father off the cliff. Jack. That's nonsense. I was trying to catch him, pull him back. Jack, you know Uncle Gregory wouldn't do a thing. I'm not so sure, Susan. Now listen to me, both of you. The coroner said your father died accidentally, and that closes the matter. Not with me, it doesn't. No? Well, I'm now head of the Raymond Foundation, and I'm going to pour all the resources of the Foundation into an effort to contact the dead. Why, that's insane. The Foundation scientists are on the verge of a cure for cancer, for tuberculosis. You can't stop their work now. I can, and I will. Oh, no, you won't. It'll stop you somehow. Because you did murder Dad. You killed him to get control of the Foundation for your crazy schemes. Get out. Get out, both of you. Get out before Jack, I... Jack, get out! <laughs> Jack, he tripped on the rug. His head hit against the fireplace. Wait. See how badly he's hurt. Jack, what is it? Is he... Is he dead? Yes, Susan. All his life, Uncle Gregory's been trying to find out what happened when you die. Now, now he's going to find out. Uh, Dr. Weird, before you give us the second half of tonight's tale, can you tell me why you're called doctor? Easy. When people listen to this program, I show them how to avoid such... Uh, unhealthy things as being murdered and... Uh, well, somehow, Doctor, I doubt whether that would cure anybody of anything, especially a case of nerves. But I'd like to tell the men in our audience how to cure something that can be cured. It's old hat-itis, being addicted to the same old weather-beaten hat. The only real remedy for old hat-itis is to go out and get yourself a good new hat, or two or three. Now, Adam hats are priced so sensibly, only $3.45 to $10, you'll easily be able to afford more than one. Combining distinctively smart styles with fine quality materials and craftsmanship, Adam hats are a truly outstanding value. You'll find it more than worth your while to discard your old headpiece for a brand new Adam hat, or two, or three. Now, back to... Dr. Weird. And now I'll continue my story, He Woke Up Dead. When Gregory Raymond returned to consciousness, he was alone in a great dim room. The thick, cloying scent of flowers was heavy in the air. Startled, he saw at the other end of the room three coffins resting on trestles. One of the coffins was banked with flowers and tall candles burned at either end of it. Dazed and bewildered, Gregory Raymond strode toward the three coffins. This room, where am I? Stained glass windows? It's like a church. Who's in this coffin with all the flowers on it? Why, I... The body in this coffin is mine. No. No, it's impossible. I'm not dead. I, I can't be. You mustn't be upset, mister. Most of us feel that way at first. Huh? Yes, we did. But it will pass soon. What? Who are you? Turning, Gregory Raymond was astounded to see dim figures coming toward him from the shadows. A man and a woman, both very old. They smiled at him sympathetically. I... I'm Joshua Benson. This is my wife, Nellie. These are our bodies in these other two coffins. I, I don't understand. Oh, you will. 
Look, here in this coffin. Oh. See? It's my body, isn't it? It looks just like you. It is me. The earthly me, I mean. Oh. And now, this one is Nelly. You mustn't be so upset. You'll soon be used to the idea. We're... We're really dead? All three of us? Why, of course. You died yesterday morning. You slipped and fell and hit your head. Yes. Yes, I remember. It's taken you until now to, well, to become aware of things again. Death is a great shock, you know. But where am I? What is this place? This is the mortuary chapel at the cemetery. They'll be coming for your body soon to bury it. Joshua and I were killed two nights ago in an auto accident. But they aren't going to bury us until tomorrow. I never dreamed death would be like this. Why, I can still see and hear. I can breathe. My heart still beats. Oh, not really. You're used to those things, so they let you think there hasn't been much change until you've had a chance to get over your shock. They? Who do you mean? Uh, the ones in charge. You'll know more about them soon. Uh, Mr. Benedict will be coming for us, and I expect he'll take you along, too. Mr. Benedict? Who's he? The guide. He stopped by last night just to tell us not to worry and to wait for him here. He'll take us on to, well, to the place where we go next. I, I see. Shh. Someone's coming. Come, come back here, out of the way. Four men. And Jack and Susan. Oh, they've come to take your body away to bury it. All right, men. Take it easy now. That's it. All lift together. No, no, they can't bury me. I'm not dead. I, I can't be. Jack, Susan, listen to me. It's Gregory, your uncle Gregory. Gone. They didn't hear me. Because you're dead. The dead can't communicate with the living. It just isn't possible. But it must be. All my life I've worked to establish such communication. Now, now I have so much to tell the world. The people I've worked with. I must find some way to communicate with them. I must, I must. Are you ready? Huh? You feeling better, Mr. Raymond? This is Mr. Benedict. He's come for us. Yes, it is time. We must go. But I can't go. I've got to tell people, the people I work with. I've worked so hard to find the truth, and now, now I... It may not be. There can be no communication. Now, Mr. Benson, Mrs. Benson. Yes, sir. It is time. Oh, yes, Mr. Benedict, we're ready, but Mr. Raymond here is coming with us, isn't he? It is impossible. He is doomed to stay here on Earth. What do you mean? What are you saying? That is your punishment. To remain forever a spirit that moves unseen and unheard among men. It is the punishment of all who murder. No. And die unrepentant and unconfessed. Oh, no. He, he's a murderer? I can't believe it. That is not for me to say. Come. We must be going. No, wait. You've got to take me with you. I, I can't stand it being here, seeing, hearing as if I were alive and not able to make anybody see or hear me. I have to go with you. 
I have to find out what comes next. It may not be. But you've got to take me. If I confess, if I repent, will that make a difference? It may. I cannot promise. Then I do confess. I killed my brother John. I pushed him off the cliff. I'm sorry now, but it seemed so important then that I just had to do it. You are confessing to your brother's murder? Yes, yes, I killed him. I admit it. Now take me with you. You can't leave me here. You can't. Gregory Raymond, listen to me. You're under arrest for murder. You understand? Under arrest for murder. What? What are you saying? I'm dead. We're all dead. You're not dead. You're very much alive. And you're under arrest. These two people are witnesses to your confession. Now come along with me. No. No, you can't arrest me. Don't you understand? You can't arrest a dead man. And I'm dead. Dead! Dead! (laughs) Was Gregory Raymond dead? Or was he alive? Well, the doctor said he was alive. For you see, when his nephew found that the fall had only knocked Gregory unconscious, a strange scheme came to him. And with the aid of three coffins and three clever wax dummies that looked exactly like corpses, plus several excellent actors, he really made his Uncle Gregory believe he was dead. In fact, uh, Gregory became so convinced of it that when they told him he was really alive, he wouldn't believe them. To this day... Nothing can convince him he isn't really dead. It's probably the strangest punishment a murderer ever had. Though I did know another man who... Oh, you have to go? Perhaps you'll drop in again soon. Just look for the house on the other side of the cemetery. The house of Dr. Weird. Strange Dr. Weird. Good evening. Come in, won't you? What's the matter? You seem a bit nervous. Perhaps if I told you a story, it might help calm your nerves. A story, say, about a man who found a new and amazing way of hiding from the police. I call the story, The Man Who Played Dead. My story, The Man Who Played Dead, begins in the dimly lighted interior of a strange room in a big amusement park. The room is a waxworks museum known as the Chamber of Horrors and wax figures of history's most diabolical murderers stand motionless all about it. The only living figure is the proprietor, Pop Molloy, who moves slowly from dummy to dummy, dusting them in preparation for the big spring opening. As Pop approaches a figure in a dark corner, the figure unexpectedly speaks to him. All right, Pop, put up your hands. Morgan. Burke Morgan. Yes, Morgan, and not a dummy either. But I don't understand. You were in prison. You're supposed to go to the electric chair tonight. I was supposed to, but I broke out, see, after they had me all prepared for the hot seat. Well, what do you want here? Just to hide for a while. 
The cops are right behind me, so since this is the only place in the park open, I slipped in ten minutes ago when your back was turned. There's no place to hide here. There's just this one big room. No arguments. You go ahead of me while I look around. All right, look around. Say there's no place to hide at all. I'll find one. Hey, these three dummies here. They look like my old partners. Joe Norton, Marty Phillips, Tony Benson. Yes, Bert, that's who they're supposed to be. One's you shot in the back last year. What have you got them standing around this phony electric chair for? Well, you see, t- tomorrow I was going to make up a dummy of you, Bert, and, and sit it in that electric chair. Then I was going to put up a sign saying, Execution of Burke Morgan on the night of May 1st, 1944, as his murdered partners look out. Why, you... Don't you like it? <laughs> You're a little previous, Pop. I'm not sitting in any hot seat tonight. No, I guess not. It was a cute idea, though. Too cute. Hey, their faces seem to shine in the dark. What causes that? Well, you see, I painted them with phosphorus paint. The idea was the lights would be turned down low and the customers would see the faces shining in the darkness the way they do now. See, they were ghosts. Give the yokels a big cake. Somebody at the door. It's an officer. He's coming in. Hey, Pop! Pop, Listen, Pop. I'm going to stand right here, absolutely still in the shadows here, like a dummy. You get rid of him. He spots me. I'll plug him. Get it? Hey, I get it. Hey, Pop, are you there? Hey, come in. Oh, it's you, Flanagan. Yeah. Say, Pop, did you know that Burke Morgan's on the loose? Oh, is he? Yeah, and he's someplace in this park. Somebody smuggled him a big shot of cocaine and a gun at the prison, and he blasted his way out an hour ago. Oh, that's bad. I'll say it's bad, but we'll get him. Orders are to shoot on sight. And I'm the... Hey, Pop. What is it? That dummy back there. Hmm? It moved just now. No, no, it couldn't have. I saw it move. I'm going to have a look at that dummy. Try to get away. Don't, don't. All right, copper, you short. You you, you killed him. Yeah. If you want to stay alive, you better listen fast. There'll be more cops here in a second. But they won't find me because I'm going to hide right out in plain sight. Pretending to be myself. What do you mean? I'm hiding right here in this little imitation electric chair of yours. See? I'm going to play the part of a dummy again. I'm going to pretend to be myself. The great electrocution of Bert Morgan... Oh, oh, I see. This time I won't move either, because I'll be sitting down. There they are at the door. Yell to them to come in. And don't forget, I've got a loaded gun right here beside me. Stay close to me or I'll let you have it. And make it good, Pop. Make it awful good. Dr. Weird, I'm breathless. You mean the beginning of my story as you excited? Well, yes. But it isn't only your story that leaves me breathless, Doctor. It's those Adam hats so many men are wearing this season. Gentlemen, I honestly doubt whether you'll see hats with more distinctive styles, fine quality material, and bright jaunty shades. They're like a new breath of life. And such variety. Gentlemen, you'll find most every shape and model in the new hats now on display at the thousands of Adam hat stores and authorized dealers from coast to coast. So get into the swing of things. Buy your new Adam tomorrow. Now, back to Dr. Weird. And now I'll continue my story, The Man Who Played Dead. With Burke Morgan hiding in plain sight by pretending to be a wax dummy, the three policemen who had come running at the sound of the shots were completely deceived. And Pop told them that the dead officer on the floor was just another wax dummy. And they believed him. After warning him to be on the alert, they left. 
And Burke Morgan chuckled as the door closed behind them. <laughs> Good work, Pop. But you're not through yet. What do you mean? Oh, look at that squad car. They parked right outside the door. If I even get out of this chair, the driver can look right in and see me. Yeah, I guess that's right. He can. Well, since this is the only place I have to hide, I'm going to sit right here until the search is over. You're the boss, Morgan. You bet I am. And you sit down right there. Okay. Now, I'm going to sit here, and you're going to sit there until they give up hunting for me. If they come in again, stall me. If you try to move without permission, I'll blast you. I won't move. I don't want to die. That's being smart. Pop, you haven't got a shot of dope on you, have you? No, Morgan. What's the matter? Nerves getting jumpy? None of your business. Now settle down. We got some waiting to do. The two men settled themselves to wait. Burke Morgan sat in rigid silence, ever alert for the return of the police. Half an hour passed, then an hour. His taut nerves cried aloud for the drug they craved. His muscles twitched. Two hours passed, and Burke Morgan's tortured nerves were screaming. The three waxen faces which Pop Malloy had covered with phosphorus paint glowed in a ghostly fashion before his eyes. And then Burke Morgan, Burke Morgan thought he heard an eerie voice speak to him. Burke. Burke Morgan. Pop. Pop Malloy, did you say something? No. No, Pop's asleep. It's just my nerves. I need... Who's that? Who said my name then? I did, Burke. Your old pal, Joe Norton. Norton? Norton's dead. I killed him. It's my nerves. This spooky room, those faces. I've got to get a grip on myself. Tony Phillips is here too, Burke. No. Tony's dead too. I'm not hearing anything. I'm not. What do you know, Norton? He doesn't know us. Doesn't recognize his old pals. He killed us, and now he won't even speak to us. Look at us, Burke, standing here in front of you. Don't you recognize us now? No. You're dead. You're just wax dummies. You're not real. But how can we be talking here if you weren't real? You're not talking to me. Just my nerves. Just my nerves, that's all. Go away. But we're never going away, Burke. We're waiting for you to die. Then you'll be with us again. No, I don't believe it. This is Pop Malloy's Waxworks Museum, and you're you're all just three wax dummies. Maybe, Burke, but did you ever hear a wax dummy talk before? Oh. Now that you've seen us and heard us, Burke, you'll always see and hear no. us, no matter where you go. You'll always no. know we're with you, waiting for you to die. Waiting for you to die. No, thought no. thought of us a lot lately, haven't you? No. You had nightmares about us. You've been no. worrying about what would happen after you die. And now you know that we'll be waiting. No, get away from me. You killed us once to be rid of us, but now you can never be rid of us again. No. Never. 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 I can. I'll show you. Never. I'll show you. Take that, that, that. Now go away. Because I've killed you. I've killed you. Do you hear? I've... So you see, Lieutenant, Burke Morgan was covering me with a gun the whole time. I know he'd shoot if I made a move, so I pretended to be asleep and, and waited. I could see his nerves were jumpy because he wanted more cocaine, and I figured that maybe with the dummies of the pals he murdered standing there and looking like ghosts, he might crack. Mm, I see. 
besides just about giving up hope, though, when he started talking out loud, as if he could hear those dummies talking to him. And all at once, he lost control of himself and emptied his gun at him. Then I ran for the door. Yeah, Lieutenant. As soon as I heard the shots and pop yell, I come busting in. And you know, Burke Morgan had fainted. Mm. Yeah, fainted dead away there in that fake electric chair. So I handcuffed him, and there he is. Not even come to yet. Uh, I see. Well, I'd hate to have to sit here myself looking at those three green faces glowing in front of me. Not surprised Morgan cracked. Yeah, me neither. The green faces on them three dummies give me the creeps. And my conscience ain't bothering me either. Well, anyway, I'm glad we've caught him. Now I can go ahead with my plans for my exhibit. Hmm? <laughs> you know, execution of Burke Morgan as his murdered partners look on. Oh. Yeah, I wouldn't want to waste all that phosphorescent paint of use. Uh, that's one way of looking at Well, we'll take him away now. Hey, Pop. Pop, come here. Yes, Lieutenant? Well, it looks like you're going to have even a bigger thing in this exhibit of yours than you ever figured on. I don't understand, Lieutenant. What do you mean? I mean that Burke Morgan's fright when he thought those dummies were talking to him was too much for his drug-weakened heart. Look at him. He hasn't fainted. He's yeah. dead. What? Dead in the electric chair. And right on schedule. <laughs> Burke Morgan died in the electric chair, just as the law said he would. Apparently, fate had decreed that he was to die that way, and nothing he could do could change it. But then, Waxworks Museums are rather frightening places, even when you haven't got a lot of murders on your conscience. I remember a perfectly innocent young man who got locked in one, and in the morning he... Oh, you have to go now. Well, perhaps you'll drop in again soon. Just look for the house on the other side of the cemetery. The house of Dr. Weir. That's it for Strange Tales this week. I hope you enjoyed the episodes today. You can find more from The Strange Dr. Weird, more from Strange Tales, and all the other Relic Radio podcasts at the website, relicradio.com. You can also listen to our Shoutcast stream there and donate if you'd like to help support this and all of the shows. We're 100% funded by you. You can visit donate.relicradio.com if you'd like to help out. Thank you, as always, to those who have. Thanks for joining me today. I'll be back next Sunday with another episode of Relic Radio's Strange Tales. Strange Tales.